729 and ready to go. <clears throat> Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. <clears throat> well, I just got a frog in my throat. Just as time to start talking. It's 9.30 a.m. Welcome to Sunday School. Thanks for being here this morning. <clears throat> we do have um, some music for you for the praise team while we allow for other people to get on. And looks like a lot of people are ready to get on already, but uh, I want to go ahead and play for you a um, uh, cut from the uh, song Jesus Saves, a live version from Marvin Winans and Debbie Winans Lowe. So here it comes. Uh, and enjoy this while we allow people to get on. And good morning and have a Hope you have a wonderful morning this morning, and we just want to give praise and uh, honor to our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, Brother Nate. Crystal. 
morning, Glenda. Morning, Ann. Morning, Glenda. Okay, uh, that again was, uh, that's an excerpt from Jesus Saves Live by Marvin Winans and uh, Debbie Winans Lowe uh, with an orchestra behind them. Um, they, uh, that's a phenomenal song. It's a great way to start the day. Um, um, there's a lot going on, and obviously I want to go, go through a few announcements uh, before we get started with our uh, lesson for the day. First of all, you probably already know uh, that we are on our right in the midst of our holiday uh, worship service schedule, which means that uh, today, of course, there will be no church uh, at the building. Um, we have a uh, message that will be following uh, Sunday School that you can feel free to go in and look at, which is already posted on the Akron Alliance Fellowship uh, Facebook page, which is where you are now. Uh, you should, should find it. If you scroll down, you should see Pastor Gus's message. Who um, are we to trust in? Yeah, pardon me? With today's date. With today's date. It should have today's date on it as well, too, November 29th. Um, um, of course, next week we'll be online again, uh, which will be December the 6th. And uh, we'll be back in the building uh, on the 13th and the 20th. Now, that is subject to change based upon the current conditions right now when it comes to dealing with the, with the virus. Um, but as of right now, that's their schedule. That, that's a good schedule to follow based upon Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, many of us had a really quiet but really, really good Thanksgiving, and I think it's uh, fitting that we spend time with uh, close family and friends um, during this busy season, uh, get together and just slow some things down a little bit and get together and enjoy breaking bread with each other and fellowshipping and having good conversation. And that's exactly what we're doing right here. Uh, we're doing the very same thing. Uh, we're doing it here online, and we are still having church, like I said, but just online for the for the time being. Um, want to point out something that's pretty important too, um, regarding your tithes and offerings. Uh, just as a reminder that the um, there is a drive-through offering box at our church that'll be available today um, for your tithes and offerings between 11:30 and 12:30. So if you want to drop off your tithe and offering at church today, when you want to get out, and actually it's very beautiful outside where we are, um, got some sunshine out there, which is really good. It's still pretty chilly. Uh, it's chilly enough for you want to pull your cover over your head sometimes, and but I can't do that because you wouldn't be able to hear me. So we'll, we'll refrain from that. And <laughs> so, the, so the tithes and offerings will be available from 11:30 to 12:30. Um, Never lose your laughter. Um, that's really important. You always want to keep laughing uh, in the midst of what's going on. Uh, don't ever lose your sense of humor. Um, that's, uh, it's helpful to make you be able to bear with what's going on and get through the day. 
But I wanted to mention that uh, specifically for those who want to do their tithes and offerings um, by dropping them off. If you want to mail it, which if, if you're out of town, if you're not here, then obviously you would have to mail it. Akron Alliance Fellowship Church is the uh, uh, where you mail it to, 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, that's the address. Um, I want to make sure to always mention that if I can every week, just in case, because we do have people who are listening or watching uh, who are not in the Akron area. Um, Joanna Starks is here uh, in the Akron area, and Cindy Phillips is here, so thanks for being here this morning. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the lesson, because we've got a few verses to cover. And I, I'm prayerful. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about anything, please ask. You can put them in the comments uh, uh, in your, uh, like, just like you're doing. Uh, well, uh, when you're letting people know, you can do that. Put comments in, and we can try to address those as we go. But um, that's the best format that we have right now. Uh, or questions about anything, frankly. And we'll be happy to either pray for you or, or discuss those issues as we go along. Um, quick note, too, just keep praying for uh, Jasper. Um, Jasper is still recovering. Uh, we want to make sure that he is uh, he uh, he has just a, the bevy of prayers of all of the members of the church just going and flooding over him, and especially for him to have peace right now and have comfort. Um, Jasper is a realist. He knows exactly where he is right now at this time of his life. He knows um, how things are going and what's happening. Uh, but I want you guys just to keep praying for him because we want to pray him into 2021. Amen. And Elise and Simona. And Elise and Simona as well, too. Thanks for the heads up on that. Pray for Elise and also for Simona, um, who is also overseeing the care for Jasper as well, too. Good morning, Liz. Let's go ahead and get into the word now. Um, we're going to uh, pray first. Um, and we just, again, thanks for being here. We really do appreciate your taking the time every Sunday morning. To join us. We don't take anything for granted. We appreciate uh, all of your prayers and support. Amen. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us. Every Sunday morning, Lord, we want to come before you and just uh, give all that we have to you, uh, devote our full attention to what your word has to say. And Lord, it's not anything clever or special that I'm saying. It's truly what you're saying right now. We pray, Lord, that you'll just bless us at this time. We pray individually for everybody who's online and those people who and extended family members, Lord, that you just bless us right now. Bless us for just being devoted to you and devoted to your word. Let us now quiet ourselves and allow the spirit to speak in all things. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I'm very conscious of making sure that we are uh, mentioning quieting ourselves and quieting our souls and spirits that we want to hear the Spirit speak. That is very, very important. And for someone like me, I need to do that for myself uh, so that I don't get too uh, revved up, go too fast, go and, and miss some points. So we're going to allow the Spirit to speak right now. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 3. We're in Ephesians. We are continuing in the study. It's a great study. Ephesians 3, we're going to cover verses 1 through 21. Ephesians 3, verses 1 through 21. And the theme is the same as in the first couple of chapters of Ephesians, where we are talking about unity in Christ and unity uh, specifically in the body, unity uh, when it comes to um, the whole aspect of people coming together before the Lord Jesus Christ, understanding uh, what a privilege it is to come before the Lord. Um, it is something that uh, we should be doing a lot uh, 
right now, just because of all the things that have been happening uh, with uh, uh, the virus and uh, people getting sick, um, people being hospitalized, 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 well, hospitalized. That's what I mean about slowing myself down. That's that's exactly right. Um, So I can say the words. But there is all matters in all seriousness, it's all matters of prayer that we have about uh, things that have been going on. And we want to make sure that we are well focused on uh, those very things. Okay, so let's start reading verse 1 through 21 of Ephesians 3. We'll go back and cover it. Um, And Paul is, of course, speaking to the, uh, the Gentiles. And he's speaking as a preacher, but he's also going to be praying for them as well, too, when we get further down into the passage. So let's start with verse 1. Follow along, please, in your version. My version is the New Living Translation. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. Verse 8. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. Verse 10. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Verse 14. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Verse 20, Now to all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more that we might ask than we might ask or think. 
Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so that is uh, verses 1 through 21 of chapter 3. And you'll notice that it was, it's kind of a summary for the first two chapters, and we'll go over that a little bit later on. Um, again, this, this book is being written uh, as a general letter that has been written and has been directed to the Ephesians. And as a reminder, as we've said for the past couple of weeks, this could have been written for any church. Anybody who's in the faith, anybody who's in any church whatsoever, uh, you could literally take the uh, word Ephesians out and plug in another church name. So this letter is really directed to any believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who uh, desires to strive for unity, uh, wants to hear words of encouragement, um, wants to hear Paul basically in his letter, you know, dying to self. He's, he's talking about the suffering that he's going through. He's humbled himself uh, before the Lord, and he did so for the sake of preaching the gospel to other people. And man, oh man, that's the type of mentality that we all should have. Um, you know, when I when you mispronounce a word or something like that, you humble yourself and recognize that you made a mistake and you fix it. And that's exactly how we are or how we should be when it comes to how we're giving direction and, and not being beyond correction either. That's the other thing, too. We have to humble ourselves as people and make sure that we're not beyond correction. If you can't be corrected because you make a mistake, then there is something wrong uh, with your approach. Um, you need to be humble and know that you are ready to be uh, taught something and learn something uh, when you go through certain situations. We all have to learn something, and we're not above being corrected if we make a mistake. Uh, going back to verse 1, <clears throat> pardon me, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles... Now, he's saying this. He's identifying who he is in the letter. He's identifying who he is. He's saying he's a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He is a prisoner because he is in prison. He is being humbled right now as being humbled for the benefit of the Gentiles, the very people that he's trying to speak to. So a little bit of background on that. Of course, you probably know, uh, maybe if you don't, uh, here's what's happening here. Paul is under house arrest in Rome for preaching about Christ. Now, that's something that not everybody had to suffer that, but he did. He had to suffer that house arrest, being in prison. Um, the religious leaders in Jerusalem were threatened by Christ's teachings. They didn't want to believe he was the Messiah. They didn't want to uh, accept who he uh, proclaimed himself to be. So they, uh, the religious leaders, pressured the Romans to arrest Paul and to bring him to trial for treason, for causing rebellion against the Jews. Um, of course, treason is a very serious charge. Treason uh, is punishable by death. Uh, and, you know, a lot of conversation lately about treason uh, in the news where that is, that is the ultimate penalty for treason is, is, to, is death. Uh, so we recognize that, that is what was facing Paul here in this very situation. Of course, Paul had appealed his case to the emperor uh, to be heard by the emperor, and he was awaiting trial. Um, so he was incarcerated, well, house arrest, um, which is incarcerated. Uh, and he couldn't. He wasn't free to go where he wanted to. Um, even though he was under arrest, uh, Paul maintained, and this is very important for us to remember, he maintained his firm belief that God was in control of all that had happened to him. Everything that was taking place, taking place, was under God's control. It was under His watch. So the thing that we need to understand here, and the lesson from this, is that. 
Um, well, here's a question for you. Do you do circumstances make you wonder if God has lost control of this world? That's a great question, isn't it? The question is there because we can ask the very same question about the affairs of today's world. Well, I'm here to assure you and reinforce the point that everything that is happening right now is under God's control. There's nothing that's taking place that is outside of his permission uh, or control. And I'm going to even share further that God does everything for the purpose, the, the ultimate purpose, after all is said and done, of glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what we need to understand here and need to remember. Everything that's being done is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that being said, he is directing the world's affairs. No matter what happens, that's what's going on. And I think that if you have a struggle with this, and some of us have struggled with this all year long, um, then it's a matter of prayer and really just getting down before the Lord and seeking after him and understanding that. And honestly, if you have to, get down on your knees and pray. If you have to lay prostrate before him and pray, then that exactly is exactly what you should be doing. Everything that's taking place right now is with his knowledge, wisdom, his allowance, his control. There's nothing getting past him. And that is something that we need to, frankly, be assured of because... If it's got past God, then we have a whole lot of trouble before us. So we need to understand that if it got past God, if it's not something that's in his control, then we're in a whole heap of trouble. Um, but I'm just letting you know that that is not the case at all. And I like the comments that were mentioned in verse 3 in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 3. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. So Paul knows the plan of Jesus because he's the one preaching the gospel. He knows the plan. We know he knows what's going on. He knows that he probably even knows that he is not going to be rescued from what he is enduring right now. He probably knows that he is going to be convicted and uh, crucified for treason. Um, and those are things that we need to understand. Um, but his Holy Spirit is revealing everything that needs to be revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. That's in verse 5. So let's drop down now to verse 6. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. And that's the lesson here. Uh, both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, this verse 7, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. You, too, also have that same privilege because you've been made aware of what God has desired for his people. He desires for all people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And for those that come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they are supposed to go out in all the world and preach the gospel which is in Matthew 28 verses uh, 18 through 20 and we you know, recognize well that's part of it anyway but that's the, what we, our responsibility is so when Paul recognized that he was being chosen to be a servant of the gospel God gave him the ability to share the gospel of Christ effectively now, Paul was 
very intelligent, very smart, uh, very good with his uh, rhetoric, very good with his tongue, spoke very convincingly and effectively. Now, what about everybody else? Uh, everybody else is still in that same boat. You don't have to be like Paul. You don't have to speak like Paul. You may, are not an apostle, and you may not be an evangelist, but God's going to give you the opportunities to tell others about Jesus Christ. Do you recognize that? God's going to give you the ability to speak to others about Christ. So, um, you know, with those opportunities, he's going to give you the ability to do it. He's going to give you the courage to do it. He's going to give you the power to do it. And you don't know when it's going to happen, but he is going to give you exactly what you need to be able to say what needs to be said to proclaim the message of the gospel to someone uh, within earshot of you, within, within range of you. And check those words. He's going to give you the ability, the courage, and the power. And that's something that's very important for us to see. Um, make yourself available to God as his servant whenever an opportunity presents itself. Always be ready. Always be ready to speak. When you come and go, when you go out, when you go to a restaurant, when you go to the grocery store, when you go places, and, you know, we're not going to be doing a lot of running around right now uh, outside of, uh, you know, just walking through stores and just browsing constantly. Uh, usually our visits out in the public are pretty pretty focused, pretty, uh, you, you go and do something and get back home, uh, ultimately is what comes down to. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still be ready. You don't know who needs to hear the truth of the gospel, and you should always be ready to speak to someone. And understand something. When you give attention to someone, people pay attention to that. People recognize when you're paying attention to the other person. It could be the very most casual of conversation. Um, God's going to convey your caring attitude. He's going to make your words seem very natural. He's going to make you um, appear to be very loving and be very compelling. And you should be loving and compelling. But he's going to assist you with this as you go about your business and speak to other people. So that's something to always keep in mind. He's going to give you the words to speak. You don't need to be an eloquent speaker. You just need to be a speaker of speaking truth. And God gives us the ability to speak truth to everyone if we just lean on him and allow the Spirit to do all the speaking. Let's continue. Verse 8, Ephesians 3. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Notice what he says, the privilege. The privilege of speaking the truth of the gospel. And then verse 9, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. And what is this great mysterious plan? And he kind of says it back in verse 2. The mysterious plan that he is referring to is how God's great plan was carried out through the church and to Paul's work to demonstrate and teach God's great purpose in Christ. The one thing we need to understand, people will make a connection with Christ when they understand what Christ means to them. When you're speaking to people about Jesus Christ, you're not just saying, well, we need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and someone will say, why? Why do I need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because Jesus Christ is the one that ultimately gives you purpose to live. Jesus Christ is the one who gives you what you need. He, first of all, of course, he forgives you of your sins. He cleanses you um, by the power of the blood on the cross uh, for that forgiveness of sins. And in that, you recognize that because he died on the cross for you, 
He's Lord of your life. That gives you purpose. Do you understand that when you live without Christ, you may have a fleshly purpose in life, but ultimately it is not anything more than just that, a fleshly purpose. It has nothing to do with a purpose in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have that purpose. You need to It needs to be demonstrated. Uh, the church has to teach. The church has to give instruction. The church has to reflect the importance of understanding God's purpose, uh, God's great purpose in, in Jesus Christ. And we all have a purpose because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is something that we need to always take away, understand this great mystery. And it was a mystery, of course, because in the Old Testament, uh, things were done a lot differently before, before Christ came. And now, because Christ has come, we're teaching a new thing, a new covenant, a new thing, a new way of understanding. Nothing wrong with going back to the Old Testament and seeing how things were being done. Because, if anything, the Old Testament is a grooming, was a grooming of God's people, the Israelites and all who believed, including the Gentiles, of which Abraham was one, by the way. Um, you need to keep that in mind, that he, God was speaking to all people back then just as well. Um, and understanding that the greater purpose was to understanding that God was giving instruction and teaching about his goodness and how he was going to keep his, all of his promises. And that he is a God who is a forgiving God. Uh, all of this had to be taught. All of this had to be given instruction for all of us to see. So uh, don't hesitate to go back to the Old Testament and look at some passages and see the understanding of who God truly is. That's what was being taught back in the Old Testament. And the prophecies are there about the uh, New Covenant, the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Let's drop down to verse 10 and go down to verse 12 as well, uh, 10, 11, and 12. First, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in, all rich, in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You see that? The church was to display his wisdom in rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. It was a lesson for everyone to see how the church, the church that he set aside for all of us, to worship and praise him and how we would act within the world, uh, how we would go place to place in the world and preach the gospel um, throughout the world. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord, because Christ is the head of the church. Then verse 12, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Okay, so... I mentioned the word privilege before, and I'm going to mention it again. It's a tremendous privilege to be able to approach God as well with freedom and confidence. Through Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can approach God with freedom and confidence. Remember what had to be done before in the Old Testament. You had to go into a certain place, into a temple. You had to go into the area, and you had to do so with a priest involved, and he is the one that had to uh, allow passage in a certain way and allow things to be done in a certain way, a specific way, for you to approach God. And if you tried to approach God in such a way that was un, uh, unworthy of him or in any way demeaning to him, uh, you could pay a hefty price for that. Well, today, we don't have to worry about that. We now have, because of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us, we can go by faith directly into God's presence through prayer. And we should be doing that with freedom and confidence. 
we don't ever need to be afraid to go to Christ, to go to the Lord Jesus Christ, if there's something going on in our lives that's very, very troubling to us, something we don't understand, something that we don't uh, get, something that's happening, we don't, we don't need to ever worry about those things. We need to just go directly to him and start asking. And I mentioned earlier, getting down on your knees, getting prostrate, whatever it means, if you have a question about something, give it right to him. Um, talk with him about everything. Everything. There's no limit to what you can talk to him about. Um, he's waiting to hear from you. Do, you. do you look at God like that? He's waiting to hear from you. Do you know and understand that he's waiting to hear from you? He's waiting for you to come to him and speak to him. You can go boldly into his presence. You've heard that before. You can go boldly into his presence, not in, an, in a braggadocious way, not in an arrogant way, because there is still such a thing called reverence about who he is, and we do so in such a way where we recognize that what was being taught in the Old Testament was reverence, that people approach God with reverence. They approach the temple, they approach the idea of worship, they approach the idea of sacrifices with reverence, and we are never to lose that. We need to understand that he is being teaching us reverence. He's taught us reverence, but he's telling us we can't approach him at any time through prayer. But we also need to understand that we do so with reverence. But he's waiting to hear from you nonetheless. And understand something. The act of reverence is recognizing, number one, you need to speak to the Lord. You need to get down on your knees. That's reverence. You need to get prostrate before him sometimes. That's reverence. These are all things that we need to be practicing and understanding as we approach God. Uh, I hear a lot of jokes sometimes on TV where people kind of put God into this place where he is a like a brother or a sister. And you can like, you know, my man, this and that, you know, and peace and all this. And, you know, look, that that's not really being reverent. That's not being respectful of who God is. You know, God is the creator of the entire world and the universe creator of you and me and it's not about all this stuff you know none of this um <laughs> that's true well i i see that all the time the world would try to the world tries to diminish the importance of god because they want to elevate their own flesh and fleshliness fleshly behavior understand that satan is always at work and always would try to do that so while we recognize that he is a friend. He, in fact, has said in his word, you know, no greater love than the person has than to die for his friends. He calls us friend. He has referenced us as friend, but that doesn't change who he is. He's still God. He is still the one who is in control. He's still the one that is over everyone and created everything and created everyone. <clears throat> now, let's look at verse 13 very carefully once again. Uh, back in Ephesians 3. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you so that you should feel honored. Um, so we want to keep in mind here that Paul's suffering and his persecution, <clears throat> pardon me, relayed the gospel to the Ephesians to the glory of God. Therefore, he told the Ephesians they should be honored for that. Not because Paul is suffering, but honored because of the sacrifice that is being made. And Paul is saying, don't lose heart. He's suffering, but he is gladly suffering for those people. He's doing it willingly. We have to understand that. He's doing it willingly. That is what we need to see here. 
Um, he is indeed uh, making sure that uh, he understands that not being honored because of someone doing it for the sake of doing it, but he's doing it. He's suffering for the Ephesian people to the glory of God. That is what we need to take away from that. Okay. Uh, we're still on time. That's great. So let's go down to verse 14. And I hope you can see the value of this passage about unity in Christ and looking at those individuals. Now, here's where Paul is going to be praying for the church, praying for the Ephesian church. And let's just stretch it even further, praying for others as well, too. Um, verse 14, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. Notice I fall to my knees. Fall to my knees. There you go. The creator, verse 15, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And that's why you fall to your knees. Because he is the creator of all things, all people. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Which spirit? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to be able to do and function the way we do. The Holy Spirit is the one who encourages us when we are ready for encouragement. The Holy Spirit is the one who imparts wisdom to us as we go about to and fro. As we always remain ready and prepared to speak to Christ, he speaks to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That's verse 17. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. In other words, Christ is going to continue to teach you. Uh, he is going to continue to do all things that are necessary here. And may you have the power to understand, verse 8 to 18, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, and you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. It's a great prayer. Uh, if you look at that section of the passage, especially verse 18, it should have you come to mind, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Turn to Romans 8. 38 through 39. What Paul was saying to the Ephesian church, look what it says again, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. He's saying that in verse 18. It's coming directly from what's being said in Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. Um, Romans 8, 38. This is the ESV version. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay. And I'll, I'll make that announcement afterward. Thank you. Um, so please make a note that um, that passage is telling you about how God is ever-reaching, full-reaching into us. He wants to continue to teach us and give us instruction um, as we live for him, as we seek after him, as we pray to him. And it is Paul's prayer, going back to Ephesians, that he is praying for us, the people of his church, that we receive unlimited resources, that we receive empowerment from on high through the power of the Holy Spirit, to give us what we need to be able to speak to people and be able to do what we need to do. And 
the fullness of life and power that comes from God, let's take a quick look at Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. The fullness of life and power that comes from God. It says in Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10, again from the ESV version, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. You see what it's saying there? He's taking ownership. He, um, he is filling us through his spirit with all ability, and we have this full authority given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. The fullness of deity that we have that dwells within us. What a wonderful thing to have in our favor. Um, in union with Christ and through his empowering spirit, we are complete. We are made complete uh, in being able to do all the things that he calls us to do. We are to appropriate that fullness through faith and through prayer as we live for him every day. Live for him daily. Uh, we don't take time off here. Uh, we are still living for Christ each day. Um, we certainly need to understand that this is a full-time effort, not a part-time effort, where God empowers us to be able to go out and speak on his behalf every day and to be ready and prepared, like we've been saying this entire time. And that's what Paul is praying that happens with the Ephesian church, that they receive this empowerment and be able to go out and speak boldly before others. And that's what's happening here. That's what we need to see and understand. Okay, we're on the home stretch. We got this one last section. Um, Ephesians 3, verses uh, 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 20 and 21. Now, all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infin infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now that's, this is the end of the prayer that he was making here. And this effectively is the end of the part one of Ephesians. The first three chapters are essentially part one of the book of Ephesians. And there's going to be a part two that's coming up. First of all, the part one was about speaking about the timeless role of the church. The church was created by the Lord Jesus Christ. It does have a timeless role. We know that in Revelation, churches are going to be spoken of uh, because they will be in existence at that time. So the church is here with us, and the church will remain with us. And, and ultimately, when we have our union with Jesus Christ, when we leave this place, it'll be some sort of a church because it'll be a church of worship and praise then. Uh, so that church is a permanent fixture. It's always going to be around. It's just going to be one of those things we need to understand. But while we're here on earth, the church is here for a purpose. It is to reach the people uh, for Christ. And the second part of... Ephesians, and that'll be in the future chapters we have in 4 through 6. He's going to explain in greater detail how members uh, should live in order to achieve the unity that God, des God desires for his people. So, just like in most of the letters in the, in the New Testament, um, we have a doctrinal approach that takes place in the first section of the letters, and then we have it uh, further expounded upon with practical application. And that's one thing that we want to always understand about how God teaches us. He has to give us a case, a doctrinal case for what he's speaking about. And then how do we live in that way with that doctrinal position? We live in such a way where he teaches us how we go about those things and do it with practical application. That's a very important thing about when it, to remember when it comes to uh, 
preachers, uh, pastors, uh, Sunday school teachers, anyone, there's got to be practical application. If, if you don't have practical application to what you're learning, then it's meaningless ultimately when it comes down to greater understanding. Sometimes we learn on the go. It's just like anything else when we're learning something. Sometimes we don't quite know what to do, and sometimes we have to learn on the go. And that's what God does by teaching us because he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us to learn on the go and teach us and give us greater understanding. So while, interestingly enough, we read a passage of Scripture, we might read it a hundred times. It may take the hundred and first time for us to really click for us with greater understanding. And the reason why it may take that long is because, frankly, we may not be approaching it the right way. We may be approaching it in such a way where we're looking at it in a different way than we probably should. And God has to teach us. And you know what? This is true for any seminary student, anybody who's been to college, anybody who's gone through any kind of lessons at all. They have to learn a doctrinal foundation first and then the practical application to that. When you do math problems, guess what? You have to learn the fundamentals of math before you can do math problems. You can't do math problems without the fundamental approach. So it's nothing different here uh, in instruction that God is doing with these letters, with these teachings. So we need to see those things and understand that the prayer uh, is still giving glory to God, giving him um, the credit for the power that works within us. That's what we need to see here. So we appreciate um, uh, your listening to this. Uh, we're going to thank you here and we're going to go ahead and close out now with a word of prayer. And uh, I'll make some comments after the prayer time. We just uh, thank you for being here this morning. And uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you again for your great and mighty wisdom. We thank you for how you teach us and give us instruction. We thank you that every perfect plan that you put forth is one that is being implemented because of the power of your people through the Holy Spirit, doing great and mighty things for you. Lord, on our, on our own, in our own flesh, we cannot accomplish anything. We only look at our own fleshly desires. But we thank you for giving us the desire to seek after you and learn more about you because we know that in our own flesh we are inadequate. We cannot do the things that you would have us to do. And we thank you for teaching us. We thank you for the instruction that comes through the Spirit. Lord, we just want to praise you and thank you. This is a time of praise. We have so much to be thankful for right now. And Lord, we are indeed grateful for all that you do for us. We thank you for the lessons that have been learned. We thank you for being a great physician, a great healer. We thank you for healing our sore bodies. We thank you for giving us the ability to wake up each and every day Thank you for giving us that ability. We don't take it for granted. We know that there are a number of days for all of us. And yet, Lord, you've given us more days to be able to go and proclaim your name and give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your understanding. Thank you for all that you have continued to do for us. And we just give you all the praise and thanks. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Okay, I saw a quick announcement that came over while we were... Uh, working um, to resolve the issue with uh, uh, through this lesson here. One thing uh, I, I do want to mention, the, the offering box at church will be available, but you'll have to go inside the building in the lobby area to drop it off. Um, I guess there's roofers that are working on it. That's what um, Roscoe had mentioned. That's what I thought it was mentioned. Move to the exit. Oh, it's to the exit side. I'm sorry. 
to the exit side because the enter side is blocked by the roof workers. Okay, so it's to the exit side of the building. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. My, uh, that's what I mean about getting things right. Uh, I am not beyond correction. So uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. And, um, Deneen, I'm glad to hear that uh, Dad is doing much better. Praise the Lord. We thank you for that report. Um, we thank you for letting us know that. We're going to keep praying nonetheless. We know that prayer is very important right now because um, we want to see things keep going in an upward direction and we want to keep moving in that direction. All of us need to be prayerful right now for our church, for our people. Um, We have a lot of people who um, are still going through some stuff. They haven't shared it publicly with everybody, but they're still going through things. They need need your prayers. Thanks for being with us this morning. the normal Sunday school time is like 9.30 to 10.20, so we're about to sign off right now. Um, please uh, watch Pastor Gus's message um, online uh, on the same page. Um, he is, has a message uh, that's already been recorded. It's available for you right now. Uh, it, is, it is The title of it is Who Are We Trusting In? That's the name of it, so please stay tuned for that. Uh, God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy your Sunday. Uh, for those of you in Akron, enjoy the weather, too. It's nice outside. It's still very chilly, but enjoy the sunshine. Amen. Thanks for being here this morning. We'll see you back here next Sunday uh, at 930 a.m. You take care of yourselves. God bless you all. We'll see you.